This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Bookmark with me, Uma Pagan Ampike Pagan. Now, we've had a lot of weird trends of late where adults revisit the things they used to do as children. Coloring books, connect the dots, origami, paper art and the like. Now, the coloring book trend has slowed down significantly since its heyday back in 2016, but there are still a dedicated group of colorists out there going strong, which is why I decided to give a call to Scottish illustrator and queen of the adult colouring book, Johanna Basford. In your bio on Amazon, I love that line where you said, I set up my little studio and began on my mission to vanquish the vector and champion the wobbly hand-drawn line. Tell, <laughs> talk, talk to me about this, this overwhelming domination of the vector in the age of Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah, I mean, we live in a very digital world and everything is tweaked and pulled and prodded on, 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 on the internet and on computers. And for me, I just want to champion the hand-drawn line. I think there's something so inexplicably beautiful about something that's been crafted by a hand and that has that sense of soul and character and love. And, you know, I just don't get that same sense of, of, of love from my computer-generated, you know, computer-generated artwork is essentially a series of points joined up by a straight line by a machine. And for me, you know, that will never capture the beauty of a blossom or the delicacy of a jellyfish. I think for that, you really need to be going back to basics and putting pen to paper um, and trying to capture that, that beauty by hand. I bought your book about a year and a half ago. I came across it on Amazon purely by chance, and I think this was before the the, the craziness began. And, and I thought to myself, mm. and I thought to myself, this is this is a genius idea. And I bought it as a gift for a friend <laughs> because I was like, well, you know, we're doing all of these things, recapturing the nostalgia of our past. Now, yes, it was a genius idea, but it got crazy, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I never <laughs> anticipated what would happen. I essentially set out on this passion project. You know, it was something that I just wanted to do. I wanted to share my love of illustrations and to make this one beautiful book that would capture the elegance of my traditional sort of commercial illustrations that I was doing at the time. So I was creating artwork for big perfume brands and champagne bottles and all those kind of like really beautiful things. And I wanted to put all those drawings down into a colouring book for adults that would invite them to pick up pens and pencils and essentially collaborate with me. And um, yeah, commercially, it made no sense. I worked on it in evenings and at weekends um, alongside all my my normal day-to-day commercial work. And uh, we printed 16,000 copies of the first print run and I was terrified. I phoned all my family and I said, please buy these books. You know, I'll pay got a you lot back. That we need to sell. Yeah, essentially. Um, and my mission was never to sell a certain number of books or even to get a second book deal. I just really wanted to make this beautiful book and to share my love for what I do, you know, with a handful of people, I assumed. You know, I thought a few people might feel the same as I did and see it as something that would be a nice gift to give, as you so rightly did. Um, but no, I never anticipated what was to follow. I'll tell you, for me, oh, in my head, I thought Johanna Basford has made it when I saw translation into Malay. 
We do. We're told that often, you know, especially with a colouring book, there there aren't that many words. So the English language version, you know, can be sold essentially all over the world. But I love that I've had the opportunity to work with over 40 different foreign publishers. And each of those foreign editions is slightly different. You know, they're slightly unique. They have different papers. We have different title text to them, you know, and all the different translations. And I think that, you know, those little differences, they are very special. And, And I love the fact that each country has its own unique group. So has this completely taken over your life? Well, it's kind of a funny question. Around about the same time as the books really took off, I had a baby. So (laughs) when my daughter was born, life as we knew it just was turned upside down. And this all sort of happened around about the same time as Colouring for Adults just took off. So, yeah, life is very different to how it was two years ago. But, you know, we're not sure how much of that is due to the books and how much of that is due to general chaos of being a parent. But um, I'm very lucky in that I knew when I fell pregnant that I wouldn't be able to continue commercially working the way that I was. I was working on very short deadlines, often hours, occasionally days, and you would have to pull, you know, all-nighters and, you know, be able to drop everything and and, and do amendments and, and variations of artwork for my clients. So the publishing means I can work for months on one beautiful book as, as opposed to hours and days. And it's um, given me the opportunity to continue working whilst being a mother, which for me is wonderful. So talk to me about your process then. Now that you're a mother, what does your Mm -hmm. average day look like? Well, we have like a rough plan that we aim for, but our mantra in our home is embrace the chaos. So we (laughs) realize that, you know, things are probably not going to go to plan, but that's okay. So we get up very early in the morning and we do all those fun things like breakfast and playtime and sorting out laundry and very glamorous Um, and then um, at at nine o'clock you know my daughter goes into daycare and we have somebody that helps me look after her and then I spend all day working on the books Um, I do a bit of digital time in the morning and last thing at night just when I check in online and send some emails but essentially I like to work unplugged I think you just cannot focus on doing something creative like drawing if your email's constantly pinging at you and you're, you know, off Googling this, that and the other and looking at things that you don't really need to look at. You just need to focus. Um, and then towards the end of the day, you know, it's back to being mum and dinner, bath time, story time, all those great things. And then when she's finally asleep, I do tend to hop back in the studio. I work from home. Um, and do a bit more work in the evenings, which is no hardship, I think, when you do something you love. You know, it's very enjoyable to, to do as much of it as you can. What's particularly fascinating about how this has taken off is I think it's universality. Um, irrespective of whether you are in London or Kuala Lumpur, we all grew up learning how to colour in pictures. And mm. I don't know why that stops for some reason, I think when we hit the age of 10 and 11, we kind of think that's not cool anymore. We move on to other things. Uh, but of course, it's still cool. We're rediscovering that now. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think there is a huge nostalgia aspect to the colouring trend. And I think when people, the chances are the last time you coloured in, you didn't have a mortgage or a deadline or a scary boss or any of those awful grown-up things that we have to worry about now so 
essentially colouring in can give you a bit of nostalgia and, and, and a bit of, of charm back to those days. Um, but also I think everyone has a creative spark within them and we just need the right opportunity to let that flourish. Um, and a blank sheet of paper can be really daunting, you know, but a colouring in book, the outlines are already there. They're a collaboration between myself and you. And, you know, I've done the artwork. All you have to do now is to bring the colour and complete those pictures. And I hope that a colouring book is just a really accessible way for people to be creative, to dive back in again and to reclaim that sense of fun and adventure they had when they were children, you know, working with crayon. I'm speaking today to Scottish illustrator Johanna Basford. After this, we'll be talking about her books and how they've impacted the colour pencil market. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bookmark on BFM 89.9. This is Bookmark. I'm Uma Paganampake Pagan. Joining me on the show today is colouring book queen Johanna Basford. People must have a very personal connection with you in that once they're done colouring, it isn't just enough to share it with their friends. I'm sure they want to share it with you as well. Well, the colouring community online, as much as, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who champions analogue over digital, I do recognise that the internet and the digital world has a big role to play in our lives. And when it comes to colouring, the community online is huge and vocal and so collaborative. And that notion of showing off what you've done, of show and tell aspects, you know, it's, it's very prominent and people love, quite rightly, to show off their finished creations and say, you know, hey, look what I did, this is what pens and pencils I've used and look at this cool effect that I've done. And I think that opportunity to participate in what can be a very solitary occupation, you know, you can sit at home and colour by yourself and not speak to anyone for hours on end. But then you go online and post your pictures and suddenly you're surrounded by like-minded people who want to congratulate you and champion your work and ask how you did this. And, you know, that, that's a wonderful community and a, and a lovely social aspect to colouring. Your email inbox must be jammed. Yeah, it's pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty busy. <laughs> With massive image files of people going, look what I've done. I mean, that's, that's great, isn't it? Because that's, that's exactly what it was like being a kid. I'd colour in a picture and I'd run it over to my teacher or my mum or my dad and be like, look what I've done. Exactly that, and, and for that reason, you know, I set up a, a colouring gallery on my website where people can upload their images. Um, I really advocate using social media and using all the different hashtags so that we can then search and see those images in, in our streams when we're looking at our end. But I think, yeah, just people are just so proud of what they've created. And for me, you know, it's very humbling. When I see those finished pictures all coloured in, for me, that is the completion of the creative process. When I create the black and white work or see a book on, on the bookshelf or in a store, to me, that's only half done. You know, my job is just creating those outlines. And it's not until the images have been coloured in and, you know, whoever has the book has collaborated with me and completed the artwork. You know, that's that's the final point in the process for me. So I love seeing those images. And for me, that completes the circle. You've essentially pioneered this new industry in 
in, in, in bookshops, in, in, in not just bookshops, but also in, in the coloring pencil market as well. It's, uh, it's like what Suzanne Collins did with The Hunger Games and young adult fiction you've done with adult coloring books. W- what does that feel like? Well, I'm, I'm very flattered by people that say things like that. I'm not sure how, how true it is. I mean, there's always been coloring books for adults. I remember them when I was growing up. I think the thing that's perhaps different with mine and the unique opportunity we had is that we had reached that point where people were just so saturated with digital, you know, devices and opportunities and so screen weary that, you know, we were at that that breaking point when everyone was just craving something beautiful and analogue and you know, that they could partake in. So I don't know how much of it was just, you know, right time, right opportunity. But you know, as well, I think the books were made with love and I really hope that that shines through when someone opens them up and looks at those artworks. You know, we never had commercial aspirations for this. It was never about selling millions of books. It was just about sharing a passion. Um, and I think with everything that, that tends to do well, I, I hope and I think that that's what's at the root of it, that the, the people that are doing those things, creating that artwork, putting out those books, no matter what field they're in, they're doing it because they genuinely love the subject matter and that that shows through. These industries always exist. And like you said, adult colouring books have been around, but I think when it's executed with a certain amount of passion and care and love, I think people notice. You know, the smartphone was around for a long time and so was the tablet and then Steve Jobs and Apple came around and they just kind of executed it better. And I think that's what I got from your, from your books. It just felt a little more like home. And that's mm-hmm. what I loved about it. Well, that's lovely. I think that's one of the nicest compliments I've heard that, you know, it felt like home. I think for me, I'm always trying to to do bet to get better at what I do, to make the best books with the best publishers and the best printers and with the best papers. And I think when you're that obsessed with something, you can't help but be totally caught up in every minute detail you know how does it feel when you open the page which pens or pencils are going to layer up best on this paper you know like I am so super nerdy when it comes to all these decisions and (laughs) you know I'm sure I drive people crazy with my nitpicking and you know I, I start every email with I'm so sorry but and then have a list of things that we need to revise or to look at but I think when you're passionate that you cannot help but be like that and you know, that level of geekiness almost elevates what you do, you know, beyond any anything else because, you know, that's it's so important to you. So just speaking of geekiness, let, let me just ask you very quickly about some technical stuff. How long on mm-hmm. average does it, an illustration take? So a standard page on one of your books, how long does that take you? Sure. One page takes between one and three days, usually, sometimes less, sometimes more. It all depends how intricate the artwork is, whether or not it's symmetrical. If it is symmetrical, I'm only going to be creating half of the artwork by hand, and then we digitally create the other half. But for like a panoramic, which is like a two-page spread, you know, if it's very intricate with lots of different things involved, it will take me a full three days to sketch it all out by pencil, then to redraw it in ink and to scan it in and sort of tweak it digitally um, in the final stages. But often the problem is I can I don't suffer, you know, artist's block or writer's block when I run out of ideas. I often have, you know, so many ideas it's very hard to focus. But 
sometimes the image that I have in my head just won't translate to what I'm drawing. So there's like a disconnect between imagination and hand and that can be very frustrating. So I can picture it, but for some reason I can't draw it. And in that case, I just put it to one side and I work on something else. But that would be the only sort of hiccup that I, that I sort of suffer, I think, in the studio. So I'm assuming the blank page affects you slightly differently. It's more a case of which idea do I put down on a page rather than I'm not having any ideas at the moment. Exactly, exactly. The, the most common thing you'll see in my studio is like a bit of paper with a little scribble in the corner and a note and then it's put to one side. That's because I've had a great idea, but I'm trying really hard to focus on the one that I'm doing just now. So I needed to jot that idea down before it you know, flew away. Um, but yeah, there's often lots and lots of things to draw and just not enough time. Do you test colour your own designs at all? For sure, yeah. I think um, up until recently, I was quite tentative about putting images of my colouring online and sharing them, mainly because, you know, I feel we've all got our jobs within this collaboration and it's my job to do the outline. So I didn't want to mess with the system and start, you know, posting my colouring online. But of course, I mean, I think when you're this obsessed with a category and when you're so entrenched in it, you can't help but colour. And I want to know how it feels to colour in my pictures and to, you know, to be able to recommend the pens and pencils that I use myself and that I know genuinely work best for my illustrations and on, on the papers that I print on. And also, you know, it means that when I'm discussing colouring in books, you know, with the community online, that, you know, I, I really know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm as obsessed with the books as they are. And I think when we're all coming from the same place, you know, we can have discussions about which pencil sharpener is the best and, you know, <laughs> why certain shades of blue don't work so well. Like, I think we all need to be in this together. And, you know, I feel like I found my people. <laughs> no, it, it's wonderful when you have, when you found your people, and when you've created that community, what do you use to color? Are you partial to crayons or color pencils or markers? I used to be the biggest fan of pens, but I have now progressed onto pencils. Um, I think pens are very all or nothing. You're either colouring in, you know, in that exact colour or you're not colouring in at all. Whereas with pencils, there's more flexibility. You know, you can layer up your colours and blend them together and do different effects. So for me, there's more um, scope to be creative with pencils. Um, but I see online recently there's a lot of people using pastels, which just blows my mind because, you know, for anyone that's you know familiar with these with these art uh, products, pastels, you don't have so much control over them. You know, you, they are very um, tactile and can be a bit unpredictable. But people create the most beautiful backgrounds with pastels. That's definitely something that I myself want to, you know, to get better at and to learn from the community and. YouTube tutorials and see if I can replicate those results. Um, let me tell you something, uh, Joanna. I was speaking to the folks out at one of our local bookshops in, the, in, the, in their stationery shop and they sell colour pencils and they were telling me that the guys from Faber-Castell um, apparently cannot, cannot get enough of these large sets in because people keep buying them. Now, these, okay. large, these large sets set people back like 200 quid at least mm-hmm, and sometimes mm-hmm, even more. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those things about being a grown-up. You suddenly have your own money. It's the kind of stuff you lust over when you're a kid. And then now that you have your own money, you're like, I can drop 200 quid on a box of colour pencils. I know, I know. It's mind-blowing. It's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, we've seen, you know, outcries that there's been pen and pencil shortages in Australia, you know, in New Zealand, in certain bits of America, all over the world. And, you know, on one hand, you know, that is 
bizarre and crazy but on the other hand that's amazing you know like someone could have spent 200 pounds on a new smartphone or an upgrade to their satellite television package but instead they spent it on materials with which they could be creative that they can express themselves that they can make things that they can share with their friends and give to loved ones you know it's I think it's just such a wonderful new wave of, you know, of interest and fascination. And I love the fact that people are, are flocking to it and are really embracing it and making it part of their lives. That was Johanna Bassford. You can still find her colouring books everywhere. Are you still colouring or have you found another hobby that's just as satisfying? Let us know why you're still at it if you are. Tweet me on at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Bookmark on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.